Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fighting on Film. This week we are beginning what is going to be a little bit of a series of shows on Operation Market Garden marking the anniversary. This week, we're going to take a look at a Band of Brothers episode, Replacements. We're not going to be doing a full Band of, Band of Brothers watch through, but because we're looking at representations of Market Garden on film, this is one that we have to basically take a look at, don't we, Rob? Yeah, yeah. And we haven't done this one yet. And looking up, looking, hitting the archives and looking for Market Garden movies that we've not covered yet. Mm-hmm. For, for surprisingly, such a such a well-documented, such a written-about operation, you know, countless documentaries, always new books coming out on it. There's barely any mm. narrative True. films made about it. You, you know, at Bridge Too Far, obviously, you know, you yeah, know, Days it. is the Glory, covered it, obviously. Covered it. <laughs> covered it. There's another one coming up in a couple of weeks' time, which we think is unique, and we've never seen it really mentioned or talked about. Yeah, kind of exactly. We film. both love Days is the Glory. We we obviously covered a bit too, too far with Al Murray a few months back. So if you There's haven't a, caught a those, new special on that coming up actually, too. There is as well. Out. If you haven't caught our previous two episodes on Operation Market Guard movies, definitely go and check those out. But yep. we got three really interesting episodes. This being the first one. Yeah, we do, and it, it's just one of those. It's one of those eternally talked about operations. You know, why not cover something from a? I wouldn't say a lesser known aspect of it, but the, you know, definitely over yeah, here when in the people, UK. When you, when you talk about Band of Brothers, people don't automatically think Market Garden, do they? They think D-Day. No, D-Day or Bastogne. Yeah, exactly. So it's, this one's an interesting one because it's more of a depiction of US Airborne. So mm-hmm. when we think Bridge Too Far and There's the Glory, obviously, especially with There's the Glory, it's British Airborne. But with a Bridge Too Far, we do get segments 
of the yeah, 82nd, 101st, etc. Yep. And this one, obviously, because it follows the 101st, is... What's them dropping is, into is, Eindhoven? Exactly. It's an important one to cover because it's a representation. They're part of market, aren't they? Yes. Because they, they go up with 30 core, don't they? So it's a different aspect as well. And you know, obviously, in this one, the British get mentioned and, and shown. So it's a nice thing. So just quickly, as production notes, I'm sure everyone listening knows everything about Banner Brothers. It's, you know, it's one of the most covered, one of the most beloved series of all time. Filmed in the late 90s, screened on HBO in 2001, came out over here on BBC. Launched 100 careers. Yes, pick a big name. They've been in it. You've got your Tom Hardys, you've got your Damian Lewis, your Stephen Graham, your Dexter James McAvoy is in this one. James McAvoy is in this one. And he, you know, he's a household name now, but he probably wouldn't have been at the time. No. Simon Pegg turns up in an episode. He does. He's in two, I think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how many people were in Banner Brothers who are superstars now. So this one was directed by David Nutter, who went on to do episodes of The Pacific, and he also worked on Game of Thrones. So there's two major series there he's worked on. So as, as Matt said, James McAvoy makes an appearance in this one, and he plays a character called James Miller, which I think is meant to be a little callback to Seven Private Rhyme, because obviously Tom Hanks' yeah. character was James yeah. Miller. So I, w- I wonder if that is a little thing there, or whether that is based on an actual person, because obviously Banner Brothers, they are based on real chaps. But the, the main character of the episode, because Banner Brothers is interesting, because obviously it's sh- showing the whole, all of the men. In, in yeah, it's company. an ensemble piece, but it does occasionally sort of zoom in on characters, exactly. doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, you know, your famous Doc's episode is always cited as a, the character study episodes. But this one is focused on Denver Randleman, but he's known as Bull. He's a big, tough guy, big, tough farmer. Um, and he's played by Michael Kudlitz. And he's probably best known after this for being in The Walking Dead. I know Matt's a fan. so that is, That's one of the things I've seen him in. I think he's been in a few other things. but Oh, he's been in absolutely tons of yeah, things. He's yeah, he's a lot. great actor, actually. He's really yeah, good really in this good. episode. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, you've got your Dexter Fletcher's playing Martin. You've got Rick Gomez playing George Lutz. You've got Craig Haney playing Cobb. Uh, Scott Grimes as Malarkey. You know, I'm sure everyone at home knows the actors. You know, it's... I know them by face because there's so many characters in the, in this. I almost yeah, I forget the names of the name. Same. And I'm really... I, don't I can't mean always to do remember it. names. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm always... I'm just thinking Damien Lewis, Ron Livingston. You know, I just know them as actors at this point. That's just me and my way of doing it. So they filmed um, a lot of Banner Brothers at Hat- in Hatfield in England. So I think Noonan is a set. And I it's found a, good a little one. bit amazing. Yeah, that's the great thing about Banner Brothers. It just holds up so well. You know, I just can't believe something was made you know, 20 or 20 years ago now. And it, it still it looks yeah. like it could come out yesterday. Apparently $12 million an episode, apparently. Yeah, you can see that in there. Oh, definitely, yeah. Some yeah. of the CGI, you can just about tell a little bit. Um, dated, but not dated in a no. bad way. It's obviously it's helps. very good. Yeah, it's very good CGI and it stands up well. You know, like when those Mustangs fly over the airfield. Yeah, and some of the parachutes look a bit iffy. Yeah, but they? that's an interesting scene which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, we will. We will. So to go through the plot, if you haven't seen Banner Brothers already at this point, where have you been for the last twenty years? <laughs> it's probably one of the most repeated <laughs> series of all time. I think you, you know, the the minute you sign up for a, a now TV subscription and over here like every time i log into the front page it's like same private ryan available to watch i'm like okay <laughs> you've got shares in it guys i think it just knows what you like rob yeah it probably does actually yeah <laughs> so as we said you know easy company are dropping into Einhoven, but the start of the episode easy company are relaxing in a pub playing some darts you know having a bit of a drink you know this is their downtime after being in normandy and it starts off with the replacements they're sitting at a 
on a table. It's James McAvoy and his chums. And, you know, they're all giving him sort of advice, looking down on him a bit, sort of giving him a bit of short shrift. And then Cobb comes up and he's he singles out McAvoy. And he goes, you know, what's your name? Soldier, oh, Private James Miller. He goes, oh, what's that on your, your jacket there? And he's got the blue, little blue presidential distinction for the... For yeah, the, the unit citation. Yeah, unit citation for what the regiment did in Normandy. And Cobb goes, well, you weren't there. That was for the regiment. It really gives him a hard time. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it ends up with McAvoy takes it off, pops it on the on the table and, and, and goes. And this is where Ball comes in. And this is where you start to see his sort of, this is going to be about him. Yeah. And he goes to Cobb and goes, shit, Cobb, you weren't there either. You know, it's just a great. Yeah, that and then line. he explains he got wounded in the in the in the uh, the plane, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to jump, but I got wounded in the plane. Yeah, so yeah. it's it sets out the episode where you think, okay, that you know that they're green, they're new, they're going to get a bit of short shrift from everyone, but mm. everyone others, even though even though everyone still understands that they are new and they were new recruits at one point too. It's just yeah, this, the there's some interesting isn't dynamics, isn't this? Skipping ahead a little bit where they they're prepping on the airfield to to jump. Cobb yeah. again is you know tell, telling them how to jump jump ready to fight oh, and then you it, think yeah. well you didn't jump you didn't jump so he, yeah it's very is his character makes me laugh you know he's because they're always he's always seems to be the butt of the joke or whenever he says something someone's always looking over their shoulder at him like what the hell did you what did you say mm-hmm. sort of thing always like double guessing him but yeah interestingly about that presidential citation thing is that they weren't called presidential citations in in 44 well they're they not called, they might not they were called distinguished unit citations. Oh, I think they said that in this show. I think they did call it a presidential. Well, did, I think oh, it's I just know. because that's what people would know them by now, perhaps. Ah, okay, right. I, I don't think they changed the name until the the, the 50s, 60s. No, I think that's a bit yeah. mean because obviously McAvoy and the, and the other replacements just showing a bit of regimental pride. It is, exactly. That's what it's, <laughs> it's there for, a isn't bit it? mean. Yeah, exactly. I think just Cobb comes off as really mean, like for no yeah. reason. Like, at the first McAvoy should have just been like, well... It's something for us to live up to, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Donnie Wahlberg comes in. He's been injured in Normandy. He comes back and he goes, everyone's really happy to see him. And then he goes, look, guys, it's on again. You know, we, we're going in again. Mm-hmm. And There's an cuts. interesting mention in that sequence where they talk about operations that have been cancelled. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's, Which uh, is that's a, very an interesting hint at, you know, between D-Day and Market Garden, there was something like 15 airborne operations and maybe mm. like i watched uh, woody on Webble 2 tv had a great little yeah. episode the other day about it and they were talking about how the, there was loads of operations planned but only a few of them got to the point where the guys getting ready to get on a plane mm. so that there were operations where they were like kitted up ready to go but they were called off yeah it must and be I agonizing. They, exactly and they mentioned one of those they, they talk about there was a french town we were supposed to drop on but it got called off which That's i thought was it. a really interesting inclusion yeah it's a nice little context giver, isn't it? Yeah, that, that Woody's, uh, Woody did the one, and I think We Have Ways did one too a few weeks back as well. Really interesting stuff. Um, but it's nice that it gets addressed in something like this because obviously we always say that, you know, this is sometimes the only way that people are going to get any access to history or any sort of knowledge about history. So at least it's in there. It's a nice little thing to include. And this is, for me, where Damien Lewis looks a bit like Horrocks in that section. I think yeah, they're definitely... Reason channeling horrocks when he gives his speech you almost think he's going to be like you know today i'd I'd like to hear i'd like to hear damien lewis do the full horrocks what damien lewis's american accent do the horrocks yeah (laughs) 
you'll tell your children's children. I can't, that's not how he says this is a, This is a story you'll tell the grandkids. and This is a story you'll tell the folks back home. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in that sequence, though, when Ron Livingston gives, this is what we're going in for, where we're going, dropping an iron over, he actually says, we'll be going in under British command. And there's so many groans from the, yeah, from the men. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, you know, obviously with me and Matt British on the show, we know that the sometimes American media can be very cruel to British involvement of Arnhem and things in, in Market Garden. You know, we've seen as the, the, the bad guys because we, we plan the op. And it was a joint operation. It was the first joint operation that the, you know, they formed the, the joint airborne mm. army. And they're under Monty's airborne. command, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, there is a little bit of a groan. I don't know why they would have grown because they've never been under British command before. Maybe it's yeah. just like a trepidation thing. Or perhaps oh. it's just trickled down from somewhere. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But it's a weird one because they do it in, you know, they do it in Saint Private Rome when they go, Monty's overrated. And I'm like, this is just for your American audience. So perhaps it's just, that's a hangover from Saint Private Rome. And, and that's definitely where that, the new, I mean, Peter Caddick Adams has talked about it before, you know, making history for the audience you're going to be giving it you're going to be writing it for the audience you're going to be presenting it to i can understand why they would do it but i'm not very happy that they do and it's almost you're putting in your own opinion there as a writer and i'm like don't do that just do the just show the facts if you can in such a accurate series in terms of kit and how it portrays men under in battle situations and things that just really stands out for me a little bit i don't know what you think about that yeah i I think perhaps it's it might be a little bit of the writer coming in but it might also just be they're trying to reflect the fact that they're going to be under the command of an unknown, perhaps. Oh, maybe. Yeah, and I think I don't about know. That, that I don't that. know. But then that's. But then that is that a hangover from a bridge too far, where it's sort of the British get blamed for the whole. It could be like the they the scriptwriters might have thought, well, I had a couple of sides in there because you know they've seen bridge too far. Who knows? Possibly. Did you get a bit of an Errol Flynn vibe from, um, from Damien Lewis when he was given the O group? Yeah, he like, looked a bit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's because from uh, this, Objective Burma. Yeah, because in in this one they're all in their new M forty three jump jackets. You know the ones with the, the big breast pockets, not the slanty pockets, but the mm. you know, the sort of rectangle. You can put you can fit a KD, a K ration box in them. They're that kind of rectangle shape. Yeah, it looked a little bit. Then he was channeling his Errol Flynn there. I think it's it, it, you've seen at this point we've seen so many of these briefings in movies that they all sort of blend yeah. in. You know, they're all copying off each other. This is where you see Sobel again, isn't it, for the first time? He gets gives some grief to Malarkey because it's insinuated that Malarkey stole that bike or was joyriding on the bike. Yeah, yeah. Which is just a bit... I never noticed it. I've seen the series it's how many times before and I always get perplexed why he's having to go in for that motorbike. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the preceding episode in a while. I watched... I just jumped into this one. I ended up, to be fair, I jumped into this one and then ended up watching two more episodes afterwards. <laughs> it, so, it, it is, it's got, it still has yeah. its powers, you know. I think I got to Bastogne. I, I like Sobel's character because he's interesting that they decided to, you know, obviously include him mm. and portray someone in a relatively negative light, which is an interesting choice. But yeah, it's a bit of an unusual scene. But what I really love about that, the airfield scene, is Bull yes. telling the guys how to stow their rifles across their, their parachutes and rather than have them in a leg bag or drop your reserve, you won't need it, we're jumping low. And he explains that if you have your rifle like slung over your shoulder when you jump and you hit your jaw, you'll break your neck, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that is a really nice scene, building his character and letting everyone know that he's a competent, caring mm. sort of yeah. NCO. Like yeah, he cares this, about his men. 
because this episode is sort of about the NCOs because you mm. get Dexter Fletcher's character at the times of Sergeant uh, Martin and the other guy and he's like a technical sergeant I think possibly but yeah it's almost it's almost about the NCOs at, at times and because they mentioned that the actual guys but you know the start of several on the other testimonies from the actual chaps one of them says we were green he, I think he was a replacement because we were green we were new but you know we had some absolutely amazing NCOs to get us through and it yeah and that's what it's showing but yeah bull is sort of he looks tough and butch but he seems like a nice person underneath it all mm-hmm. and he's showing care to these people best soldier yeah. in the company yeah exactly yeah best soldier in the goddamn that's, company that's what they say isn't it I think he says yeah so they drop into Holland basically you know yeah and isn't that an interesting scene because it's like with the bridge too far you get this beautiful like 10 minute like sequence of the guys getting on planes the scores swelling you know you see them fly over over holland and they jump out and the shoots deploy and you get this really beautifully shot sequence yeah but with with replacements obviously because the budget is much more constrained they take a really interesting direction and it's just this leisurely slow mm swelling score where it's just oh this is nice you see all the, the shoots deploying the guys are landing on the ground and it get a couple of nice like close-ups yeah. the guys landing and, and you know rolling and, and uh, getting unbuckled from their shoots it's just an interesting contrast between how a bridge too far which is the you know the touchstone yeah for market garden depictions on film and how they've approached it with this one it's, it's like a calmer way of doing it. It was it mm. feels really calm, that sequence. It doesn't it feel is. Like it, the music does a hell of a lot there to make it just feel calm. Yeah. There's urgency in the scene, but there's urgency to the men. They're trying to get to their rally points or things like that, mm. obviously. And they've got their orders. But it's almost serene. That, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of they're in no threat, you know, they're in no danger. You know, this is the first mm. lift, I assume. So they're, they're, the 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 Germans were not cottoned on yet. But yeah, you are right. That and it contrasts to the you know, earlier on in Banner Brothers, that amazing sequence where they're dropping on the on the sixth, yeah, yeah it's completely June. It's so it para it so parallels. You know, there's no confusion, there's no flack, anything like that. You know, they're mm. just la- landing calmly. Perhaps they're just trying to show the difference between just the difference between the two campaigns, the two operations. Perhaps so I mean, obviously there was a lot more jeopardy with the the D Day drop on. You know, it was a night yep. drop too. But yeah, it's a really interesting scene. And then they just sort of progress through the Dutch countryside, meeting meet some villages and then they they get to Eindhoven which is another interesting scene yeah and you get that um, beautiful transition where the, the the Dutch lady puts out the, the orange bit of it's not a flag is it it's like an orange that's just like a very long sheet I suppose sheet, it yeah, be orange flag, sheet but... you know symbolizing the the national colors of Holland mm. and the bull says to these new guys that don't it's all right you know she's not she's not German don't worry sort of thing like putting everyone at ease as the piece of cloth unfurls it goes up to Eindhoven like that transition is just really beautiful and it, it, I just really like it. It's a, you know, a little bit of the camera work, the editing work there is just still, it is good, still yeah. blowing my mind 20 years later. I love that scene. It's, it, it shows that it goes from being serene and jovial to quite stark and unsettling when the collaborators start getting picked out of the crowd by the, yes. the resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It's contrasting a, it again to a bridge mm, too far. It's, you know, it's completely different. You just see boy, you know, boisterous crowds. Some of them quite clearly, you know, with seventies haircuts. But with not the, in this one, though. No, the attention to detail in replacements is really great. So you see a lot of people with the correct period dress and haircuts, and mm. 
it's very atmospheric there's a lot of extras it's you know it's a money scene yeah and yeah like you get that stark contrast with the traitors and the women being shaved because they fraternize with these absolutely the brutal and it, i think there's that guy that looks like vigo mortensen a little bit <laughs> the, the the orange the resistance oh leader. yeah yeah He's, he's, you know, he's saying that those people, you know, they collaborated with the, or they slept with the Germans, that's what he says, mm. like that. And it's just, it's really brutal, you know, it's how yeah, they, like, you know. it's like, what did he say? They're, oh, they're the lucky ones for shooting the men. For shooting the men are being shot, yeah. Mm. And, it's, and I almost, and I feel like in my gut, I feel something when I watch the scene, because obviously I know it's narrative, but, you know, knowing about Arnhem and how it turned out, and then the Germans mm. get to re take all these villages now and the brutal reprisals and the, the winter was so harsh for the, the yeah. people of, of the netherlands at the time and i'm just thinking oh god you count your chickens and it, i feel so, so bad for them in, in my head it's just the mm-hmm. extra a bit of context is the extra context just makes you feel so oh it's just heart-wrenching i feel so bad i feel so because everyone's so happy and i'm like yeah. oh gosh yeah. in a week you're going to be back to where you were so then we get to the meat of the episode which well, I say the meat, it's the set piece of the episode. It's the yeah, it's the big in... set piece, isn't it? Yeah, the battle in Noonan, when they're all riding on the Cromwells and the Shermans. And I think that probably segues us into the alley tally this week. It's time for Alley Tally on Fighting on Film. So they ride in on those the Cromwells and the the Cast Hall Shermans mm-hmm. of the Eleventh Armored Corps Division. Sorry, Eleventh Armored Division. Yeah, Black Bull, Black Bull, Bull and... on the Bull, Bull on the Black Bulls. <laughs> I I can't remember the like, lieutenant's name. He sort of, like strolls ahead and oh, he's a new yeah, he's a new... he's a replacement. He yeah, strolls a... ahead and he's there's loads of extra his... people in it though, isn't there? It's, yeah, he's looking through his binoculars and gets sniped. Don't they say they yeah. think he, he must think he's Patton or must yeah think yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then all hell breaks loose and half track gets knocked out. Um, yeah. Jagdpanzer streaks into view. That's where the budget's going because this yeah, sequence definitely. is really impressive. It's really um, good, isn't it? It's just it's like a 20 minute battle sequence, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. All the guys deploy, they're leapfrogging, Deep and then bars, eventually yeah. the, the they get to the point where the, the Germans open up on them. Mm. And again, all hell breaks loose. And uh, we get that great famous scene with the tiger. If I can't oh bloody, God. if I can't bloody sh- see them, I can't shoot the buggers, can I? Oh, it's, it's, it's what I said earlier about the, the the British hating mentality, and it, and this is where I think as well, like within, oh God, we're we gonna go down a rabbit hole here, but we have. To I don't know. I don't know whether it's quite as bad as you you suspect it is, because yeah, oh. obviously it's an American centric program, and of course we are. We I say we the British are depicted as being a little bit stiff. Um, yeah. And inflexible. Like he won't put a he won't put a round through a building. To I'm not allowed to, you know, destroy unnecessary destruction of property, property isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Um and that's fair enough. That probably was a standing order, but he could have put like an H E round in front of the house. Yeah, exactly. Could and I'm not draw gonna... them out, you know. And I just it annoys me because it, one, it's or if you were I don't know the eleventh armored divisions operating, I don't know their war diary off by heart, but surely if you're a tank crew at that point in the war. You've been fighting for a while. You're gonna know not. You're gonna know yeah. like where Je- what Jerry's doing with his tanks yeah. and how he's digging in his yeah. SPGs and things. I'm just like, it does seem a bit unlikely, doesn't it? Yeah, Walters. Why aren't you Martin- listening to your support in infantry? Yeah, exactly. Dexter Fletcher has seen Martin. Sorry, Sergeant Martin has seen the Tiger. Bullets. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In it as well, it's your job to corroborate with the tanks. Because you, as infantry, you don't want the tanks to get fucked because you'll be fucked if an SBG yeah. turns up. Indeed. So yeah. I just think it's it doctrinally it doesn't make sense to me. But it, it also begs a question as well. And it's this whole anti British centric, we fucked Arnhem up because we waited at bridges when we should have not, when we should have pushed forward. All you're going to do is sit around and drink tea thing, which yes, is that infamous scene. Yeah. Born in the bridge too far. But it still hangs around. It's where this, where our bridge too far falls down because it starts to play the blame game. And I think this episode does it a little bit as well. And even in that little sequence with the British tank crew, for me, that's the programme showing its card of its opinion of how the operation went from a British standpoint. It's just maybe so. trying to lay a little bit too much blame at the door of the British because the tank crew obviously walked into that drove into their own death uh, anyway I, mm. yeah I'm, I'm getting too emotional about it sorry folks but it just <laughs> it just got me a little bit but let's talk about the cromwell because come on when yeah. do you ever see cromwells exactly like how often do you see a cromwell not very often i think it might be the same one repeated but there's three yeah, cromwells yeah. in the scene there is the... it gets absolutely railed by that tiger yeah admit. <laughs> that sherman that lead sherman was very lucky not to get yeah. yeah. If it's the Tommy Cooker cliche, then that, that Sherman is the, isn't it? Yeah. Might as well there must be like half a tank battalion gets knocked out in that <laughs> sequence. There's about four Shermans that get knocked out. And yeah, the Allied armor don't put up a great show in that no, sequence, they do they? No. Which I don't, I don't know. I tried to find some uh, info on the, on the battle itself that it's based on. And it did, not, it did mention like maybe the very briefest thing I found mentioned maybe three tanks knocked out. Yeah, but it was only a small skirmish. Well, from them, from what I researched, apparently the battle didn't even take place in the town. It was on the outskirts. That would make you know, it's like mm. Band of Brothers doing six of one, 11, 11 of the other. Well, you got to, even with a budget of twelve million, you've got to work with what you've got, haven't you? Yeah. And obviously, you get all these great scenes where everything gets blown up. You know, buildings yeah. getting blown apart and such is always money for the cinematographer isn't it <laughs> of course, yeah, they have of course, a great yeah. they have a great time with this one because the germans open up they they start deploying once the armor knocks out a couple of the tanks yep. allied tanks and there's that mg42 up in a ridiculous position matt had matt was cringing at that i know he was texting me as he was watching it being like why did they put an mg42 position there <laughs> in the most obvious every time point. i watch it i'm like why no because there's no access point to that part of the, the building. Like, how was there not? The I didn't see. No, how did they get the gun up there? <laughs> and you would definitely put it in like in in a prepared position through a window. You would, like the other gun in the town. 
yes you wouldn't be firing it from like a a decorative part of the building which is three bricks deep it looks it's got a good field of fire though isn't it it's great got, field of it's fire everyone checked yeah, awful yeah. position for moving to another position <laughs> yeah to get imagine, the them trying to, imagine them trying to get out it's <laughs> just like sitting ducks we get that great rifle grenade that that, get, that knocks out the, the mg42 good it is. So there's loads of great kit in, in this sequence. Everyone's got M1 Garands, obviously. But then there's a couple yep. of interesting things. There's a Thompson. But is, most yeah. interestingly, there's a uh, M3 Reese gun. I think Cobb has the M3. Yeah, Cobb has it. I noticed it when mm. he was kitting up to jump. He's got it like slung with no mag in it. And then it's because it just sounds different to everything else in that scene. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. lot slower rate of fire, isn't it? And, yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> off the back <laughs> of our chat with, with Charles Maines. Of course, yeah. Last week. Our brains are in overdrive with it. Exactly. I was it watching it going out. Listen to those bullet impacts. You know, Charles was talking all about how he loves <laughs> recording bullet impacts and getting them into films. And I was like, damn, there's some good bullet impacts. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't help it. Because there's, there's, there's a bit like... where the MG42 sort of like rolls fire up a street and it's just this thudding. It's great. So good. It, then that's, that harks back to like Banner Brothers production values. It's some parallels, you know, mm. let's just hope. You know, let's hope that the same care and the same attention has been put into Masters of the Air, which I'm sure it is. I said to Matt when we were planning the episode, it's almost annoying that Banner Brothers is so good because it's always compared to, and I want stuff to be as good. I don't want mm. stuff to be compared to. I want stuff to be on par with. Yeah, and because yeah. it's we peaked too soon <laughs> for military <laughs> serials on TV, didn't we? I think we peaked a bit. It's just a shame, but it's so good, isn't it? Just seeing that amount of German kit on display. We were... Yeah, there's a Jagdpanzer four, Stug yep. three, lots of like half tracks with like things stuffed in them. Pack forty, I think one of them it was has that and... random one that we were racking our brains over. Yeah, R- Robbie and I like sat for ten minutes before the recording trying to work out what exactly each German each one was. Yeah, and we're not, AF you know, we're no, was. <laughs> we're no AFV experts, you know. No, so we're sat there googling what did they have at this point of the war? What <laughs> tanks are in Band of Brothers? Enter. <laughs> Well, you know, once you get past, past um, Stug 3s and Jagdpanzers and, and just going, ah, oh, it's a half track, yeah. then it all, the, the Germanness of it just takes over. And it's the SKF, the FKS, the yeah. 32. The names are so long. Germans named their, their AFVs like Nokia named their phones in the 90s, 3310, ZFB <laughs> Bed 50. You know, it's a little bit like that. From the Vermax, it's a 3310 helmet car. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, at least later on in the war, they started naming them after animals and stuff like the elephant. Oh, thank God for that. It's so much easier, <laughs> isn't it? That's probably why there's a leopard in, in the bridge too far. They couldn't be bothered looking up the manufacturing name of a, of a tiger. Oh, and the bazooka scene. We can't, we can't finish up That's the Alitalia really without mentioning the bazooka scene. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. And the, that the, whoosh of the, the whoosh of the rocket. Mm-hmm. You know, he could you know, have reached felt... out and touched that MG position from where he shot him from. It's yeah, he's, he's about 40 yards away from it, isn't it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. That's a more than accurate sort of like engagement distance for a, a bazooka. So that's completely legit, especially when fighting in an urban area. That sequence is just a myriad of American kit from that time, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. Everything is in that scene. I think the only the... thing that isn't in the scene is a 30 cal. Yeah, there isn't. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, is it Crossroads? They yeah. have a they have a thirty cal setup, don't they? There yeah, is a mortar. There's a there sixty is, yeah. mil mortar, isn't it? You get the uh, the special weapons team coming mm. up. Yeah, yeah, that's Com- really nice. So, yeah, Compton's there, and he, he he gets them set up behind like a brick brick wall. Yeah, and that's where the guy with the rifle grenade fires from too. That's a shot and a half, isn't it? It's I great. Think you yeah. said it earlier, but it's such a shot. Yeah, because um, that bit reminds me of if you ever played the game Brothers in Arms, Hell's oh, yeah, Highway, yeah. for mm. Xbox. There's, I think there's a bit that's meant to be a little bit like Noonan in there. Probably, yeah. 
and it, and you've got you know you're commanding the special weapons team. Is it postscriptum that recreated the house with the MG42 on? I think someone. I think it might have done. Someone mentioned yeah. it. Someone on Twitter. I've played rounds of that game that feel suspiciously like playing that episode. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But there's some good German kit too. So like you see some of the Germans mm. deploying and some of them got Panzerfausts. You, know, you never see any used in, in the episode, but no, you you know, there's a guy that's running along with his rifle in one hand and a Panzerfaust in the other. But no, there's yeah. a whole plethora of, of stuff. But the AFEs, they do stand out because they there's really that do. great shot where they drive over the culvert that yes. Bull's hiding in. Yeah. This is where we transition away from the alley telly and back into what the, show, what the episode's about. It's weird, um, I think, because we're not used to doing a television episode. Well, it's like a little mini film. It's like it? a mini movie, but my brain was like, how do we fit the format of the TV episode? And I'm thinking, it's feature length. It's the same yeah. thing, Robbie. It's just a different, it's the same. You know, you're still watching it on a television and my brain just was a bit frazzled. Ball gets separated, doesn't he, during the firefight? He does. Yeah, he gets um, chased by a burning Sherman yeah, tank. For a burning bit, Sherman yeah. chases it. Blown. And he ends up in a culvert like Andy McNabb. Fucking hell, it does, yeah. <laughs> and He'd have to scrape shit off his hands. <laughs> no, let's hope not. God, oh, that, that was it. Yeah. Listen to our episode on that if you haven't. Yeah, listen to the Bravo 20 special that we did to, to get the context for that. Uh, so night falls and he, he mm. scuttles out the, of the, the culvert into a barn, doesn't he? And... We get that, I don't know whether this is one of your favourite scenes, but it's one of mine. We get this really strong scene where he's, you know, wounded, trying to sort himself out, patch himself yeah. up a little bit and, you know, get, get an idea of what the situation is. Mm. And then a German patrol arrives and they search the barn. Yeah. And he's in hiding and the German, um, like, father and daughter, I think, are also in hiding. And then, you know, you mean Dutch, not German. Yeah, sorry, Dutch, yeah. Yeah. And he makes the decision he's going to he's gonna kill the guy that stays behind because he hears someone knock something over in the barn and he's curious. And he fixes his bayonet and we get this really tense situation. It really is. Where he fixes the bayonet and he's mentally like psyching himself up. To... And you see that the, the, how, just how frightened the German soldier is as well and yes. how young he is as well. Mm, it's, um, it's powerful. It's, it is a powerful sequence. And, you know, I picked that out as well as just... It's sort of how he takes him out. Ball's stronger, probably more experienced in warfare at this point in his life than the German soldier, possibly. But the fight is really visceral. It is. It's really visceral, and it's made even more so by the the Dutch uh, girl that you know watching is watching and sees his face because his face is covered with uh, blood splatter when he yeah. gets up from the fight, and he just—I I don't know—but I read it as she almost feels disappointed in it to a degree, where she's like, "Oh." This is why did you have like. to kill? Yeah, mm. I, got, I got a little bit of that. And then he, once yeah, he I sees got... her face, he sort of like reassesses what he's done. I bit. think Bull, I think maybe feels, you know, just reading off facial expressions, it, looking at her almost like I had to do this. I didn't want yes. to, but yeah. I had to. It was kill or be killed. Mm. And obviously Bull knows if he, if the German discovers him, he discovers the family, they all get exactly. Yeah, there's so repercussions. There's obvious repercussions. And just that fight sequence as well is really, it's because there's point, I, you know, I've seen it how many times now on rewatches. And sometimes I still think Ball's going to lose that one. Yeah, there's jeopardy to it, isn't there? And then, um, and then there's desperation in, mm. in the German lad where he starts swinging his gewehr like a club. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. God. And then it's just the act of Ball getting in with his bayonet. It's just really like, oh, you feel it. You know, you, you know mm. it's not a, sometimes in war films, 
I hate to say it, but when the enemy dies, you know, if they've built the enemy up as films do for you to hate them and then it's a horrible, mean character, you get some sort of release from the death mm, as a viewer. I know what you mean, yeah. But this this doesn't isn't one of those cathartic moments in film It's or TV. It, it doesn't feel nice. I think I was chatting on Twitter the other day with people when we were discussing the Pacific and, and Banner Brothers and how they compare. Uh, like, fighting on film. At fighting on film, Twitter plug there, nice one, Matt. It's war's effect on people, and how people react to war and how they react to the situation around them, and that's something that Banner Brothers, Semperate Ryan, Pacific just does so well because you've had four episodes of learning these men, getting to know them, knowing their traits, knowing their life, what they've done at this point. You know everything they've done, yeah, and you feel it gets you personally. I think more than a movie can. And that's one of the overarching strengths of a serial TV serial when it's done right. And obviously, we all know that Banner Brothers is one of the best ones for it. Well, there's some stellar acting there from Kudlitz. Yes, yes. I mean, he's really great. I think uh, he read it was one of his favourite experiences of, of, of his career. You know, obviously, mm. well, why wouldn't it be? But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of subtlety to his performance. There is, there is. And after that, I, he, you know. He manages to, to relink up with the guys, doesn't he? And yeah, and they're going back, aren't they, to find him? Mm-hmm. And he, when they say, when he finds that out, he gives them like a little look, like a little knowing look, because they're, I think there's some replacements in the yeah, patrol. Yeah, it's the repla- two replacements that were friends with McAvoy, who gets killed during the the, yeah, um, the battle. There's a lot of that. There's some really interesting little intricacies in there where it highlights the inexperience of the men. So obviously, it begins with the the lieutenant who gets shot yep. because he's you know, strided out ahead of a column and he's just asking for it. Mm. Um, but there's also a little sequence where one of the guys, a corporal says, there's a ditch on the other side of this hedge, follow me. And he crawls through. And then the next guy, a replacement just walks through and gets cut down. Oh yeah, he just, yeah, he just goes straight through it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just walks straight through and just gets mown down. And then Miller, McAvoy's character, he's not shown any inexperience. No. He's just unlucky, he gets hit by a mortar bomb, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's that really interesting tanks. little sequence where one of the guys can't get his, his grand to work too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like Jerry in the open and he, yeah. he points at him and, and the, it jams and he keeps jamming and yeah. you've got other people looking at him. What the fuck? Why is he like, mm-hmm. what's he doing? Yeah. Bull it's all shouts nice at him thing. to keep moving. And, yeah. And the next yeah. time you see him, he's behind a brick wall trying to get mm. the, the bolt to cycle, but I don't think anything's coming out of the rifle jammed up. And then at the end of the battle, you see him afterwards saying, whole battle didn't fire a shot and he's just in like disbelief something i noticed and we we talked about it before when we were doing our prep initially i didn't notice how many new faces there were until i rewatched it a few times there were loads and obviously you've got your you've got your extras and then you've got your special extras special extras and your main cast yeah yeah. but i just think i didn't see that guy last episode didn't see that guy last episode there's obviously behind the scenes there's been a conscious effort to replace them and i just think yeah just another nice touch isn't it is obviously where do you think this episode stands within the on-screen depiction of market garden i i think it's an important one because it shows 30 core doing 30 core stuff mm-hmm. you only see in a bridge too far which is nice to have more 30 core yeah. inclusion and it's good to see the 101st get their moment because obviously in a bridge too far they're not as included as, as much as the 82nd are i don't think well, they don't have the big hero battle, you know, no, crossing the river and, yeah. and that. They Elliot they have Gould Elliot Gould. Yeah. For some baby Elliot, Gould, Elliot Gould <laughs> yeah. has a couple of nice scenes where he's like jogging along the road with all the lads. That's a really nice yep. shot scene in a yep. bridge too far. 
And the bridge um, gets blown up. It does, and he gets gets a shower. But yeah, because he's hundred and first, isn't he? He's uh, five hundred six PIR, which mm. is and it, yeah, it's nice to see a little bit more of you know the operation from the hundred and firsts. Yeah, it is, and it fills that gap in because obviously, because obviously, me and you are British man, and we look at Market Garden through British eyes, mm. and I think we sometimes can see it just as the paras around Arnhem and Oosterbeek. And the well, that's, that's what I, I, I find almost most interested about the battle. Yeah, because it's that last stand, isn't it? And mm. I'm always drawn to last stands because I find them fascinating. Yeah. No, but I get what you mean, though, because we that's how we just see it, you know, mm. and that's how it's fed to us a little bit in books. Of course, like it's popular it, yeah. histories of it. And sometimes I think the American involvement of it can be overlooked. And obviously, if the Americans hadn't have done their bit of the operation, 30 Corps wouldn't have got as close as they got to no. Arnhem because the Americans kept those roads free and the 82nd obviously crossed There's the There's so river. many aspects of the of you know the operation that would make interesting TV serials or exactly. films. What part of Operation Market Garden would you turn into a film? Ooh. Obviously for us it would be the perimeter it was to be. We would love yeah. to see uh, we would love to see that made into a film. I think it'd be really interesting to follow 30 Core. It would be wouldn't it? follow a tank in 30 core going bridge to bridge that'd be really something i think that yeah. would be the the that would make the most sense to my mind of a way to do the entire operation because they're the only ones that went straight through and so, follow joe vandaloe christ's sake just yeah, make a joe vandaloe that, movie yeah do that yeah I, I think you're right and i think that's the and that's the rub there but what, where are the arnhem movies there are only like three off the top of my head there's this there's a, a bridge too far and there's there's is mm. that we said at the start Okay, well, think about it like this. When you think about it, there's loads of operations that don't have any sort of like no, depiction of right. film. So we we're lucky to have three, yeah, big ones. Yeah, yeah. There's the French one, the two British ones. Uh, Channel incident does. Of course, the very first yeah. covered it in the pod. <laughs> Do go back and check it out if you haven't already. The very first on-screen depiction of Operation Dynamo. We're ninety yeah, percent so... sure, like Arnhem, we're ninety percent on something. <laughs> I'm fairly sure it is. I think really it's when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, we're lucky to have as much as we do. Yeah, because we we, we've already, you know, we've already covered. There's is the glory in our very first episode. We've covered uh, a bridge too far already with Al, and we're going to cover it again in a special episode yeah, that's coming soon. Coming up, yep. Um, and obviously we have we have another show. I don't want to reveal the film, uh, but Robbie alluded <laughs> to it at the beginning. But we have another film that we're going to be covering, which is really interesting. Mm. But completely under the radar. Look out for that. You know, this is an important episode because it's another representation of Market Garden. And mm. when you're looking, there aren't that many narrative depictions of it. And even though your know, Brown Brothers is different because it's not fictional, and obviously Bridge Too Far isn't all these. So there haven't been any like fictional recreations of, of Arnhem. Like you've got the Cauldron book written by Zeno, which is like mm. a fictional sort of based in reality piece. Yeah. But, you know, we haven't had, you could write a whole story about just a guy, two guys in a foxhole in Oosterbeek. Oh, yeah. You could do you a know. really great short movie. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, you could make Arnhem Lift into a film. Oh, that'd be there's, great. Yeah. There's so many ripe things been written. There's just not enough been made. And maybe it's funding, maybe it's interest, but everyone loves the parachute regiment. Everyone loves the paras. Like they're right. Well, for a... there's been efforts made uh, recently, mm. which. We might cover in a future episode, but there yes. have been efforts to make, you know, an independent film or a series uh, that haven't quite come to fruition. 
obviously because we live in uncertain times. But yes. I think we get th- we got three movies and this episode of Band of Brothers, and that gives us a decent look at I think yeah, at, at Market Garden. No, but, I, I yeah, think I, in... I would definitely love that Thay Core movie. Yeah, or series just following Thay Core. It'd be so good, wouldn't it? We'd be so good, like Fury, but for Thirty Core. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Take Fury's cinematography, take perhaps format, and then just pin it on See, now... Thirty Core, and we'll ride all the way to Arnhem. I'll do. I'll ride to Arnhem with you, Matt. I'll do it. Don't worry, I'm with you, mate. I'll be the coax gunner on the Beza, and that'll be me. So, I think for this week, that's a lot on Banner Brothers replacements. I know we didn't go into too much detail. We got hung up a little bit on how British crews were sort of represented in it, but hey-ho, it's one of those things. So I think it's a fair criticism. So, well, it's yeah, a really it great episode. It's a really strong one. Great. I, there I mean, are no bad episodes about it. I was about to say just that. There are so few that I know everyone jokes and cuts out the first one because it's just them training, but it is still a good episode. On it's it own. is, because you need that context. But yeah, exactly. th- there aren't any weak ones for me. No. It's rare that you can say that about a series. It's but it, replacement well. is a really interesting one. And I think Cudlitz as Bull is just yeah. fantastic. It's another one of those great scenes that just documents a person and it's just really, mm. really good. You know, you can't go wrong. You know, pint of beer, episode of Brothers, you can't go wrong. Yeah. So that wraps it up for replacements. Do tune in next week, guys, for another special on Operation Market Garden. We've got some great episodes coming up for the rest of this month and we can't wait for you to listen to them. Thank you again for supporting us and we're closing in on our October 1st birthday. You know, we start we sending the thank yous now because we're... You know, we don't say it very often, but we are 100% like so grateful for everyone's support. And You don't expect people to really jump onto it and enjoy it yeah, as much yeah, exactly, as exactly. we enjoy making it. And then everyone mm. has this great sort of response to it. Then it is yeah. really humbling. It's, it is humbling. To it, like, it gives us a drive, like really does. It does. It does. Like every spare hour of the day when I'm not looking after my little boys for the pod at the moment, I'm always thinking about it. I'm always doing stuff for it. And if you can chuck us a few quid on Patreon, we'd love you to. But if you just want to sit and <laughs> and listen in the background and just support us like that, please do. I think the main thing is if you have friends that would be interested, then please do tell them about the show because word of mouth is, is you know, lifeblood Always for podcasts, isn't it? Yeah. As we say, massively humbled. And yeah. I can't believe we've been doing it almost a year. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think, and I think people this is who episode don't know. 40? Yeah, this is 40. I think this is episode 40. Yeah, which is crazy, you know. Amazing. Anyway, but thank you very much. And as always, leave a like, a subscription, a share, whatever you're listening on. You find us on Patreon, Facebook, all that stuff. And And check out the website, www.fightingonfilm.com. So thanks a lot for listening again. And we'll catch you next week when we will be looking at the APA, Attenborough's private home from Bridge to Fire. So if you listened right to the end, you'll get to know what the next episode is. Cats out the bag. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 